0: Marketing budgets are not seen as a cost center, but seen as an investment into your customers and marketplace, which pays off at the end of the day.
1: Today's guest in CMO Talk is Uli Klenke, Chief Brand Officer at Deutsche Telekom. This is CMO Talk, the podcast, marketing discussed at the highest level. Hi, welcome to CMO Talk. The show where we discuss marketing at the highest level. Mm. My name is Klaas Weimar, professional marketer, founder of Energize and podcaster since 2008.
2: And I'm Adam Fields. I'm a stand-up comedian who knows very little about marketing, really. Uh, But I'm keen to learn. In this
1: monthly podcast, we dive into the nitty-gritty of marketing. And every month, Adam and I interview top chief marketing officers of well-known brands. We deconstruct their marketing strategies and hear how they plan to remain successful. We do. And today,
2: we're proud to introduce our guest Ulrich, or Uli, as he prefers to be called. Uli uh, Klenker, And he is Chief Brand Officer at Deutsche Telekom. And he's responsible for the staggering amount of $51 billion uh, in brand value of the telco provider. Uh, which is about $42 billion. Euros, give or take a billion, who cares? And he, he joined T-Mobile only about a year and a half ago. Uh, before that, he was CEO at different ad agencies and has also worked in the automotive industry for a number
1: of years. He lives in Bonn and in his spare time, he's a kite surfer. Wow, a very warm welcome to you, Uli, and, and thanks for being here.
0: Thank you for having me, Klaus and Adam. I'm so excited. I hope we're going to have an exciting speech together.
1: Absolutely. Great. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the value of one of Deutsche Telekom uh, main brands, T-Mobile. And the brand equity varies greatly by source. Kantar reports a 37 billion, Forbes reports 11.4 billion and Brand Finance Telecoms reported a 51.1 billion. Uli, what is the right one and how come uh, there's such a huge difference?
0: I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) All these guys, you know, all these guys, they have their own way of calculating it. So um, it's like the huge differences are there because um, there are different kinds of methods um, which come to to brand value and brand equity. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think um, what's for sure is that we have a hundred billion a 100 billion dollar business so um lot off revenue so this is um how big we well, now are you've just, now
2: you've just now he's just made up another number 100 are these are all just made up number numbers like you just brought in 100 and billion of, now
0: yeah <laughs> what i do like most of course is the highest number is 51 of course okay so of, of course i do um and i think this was um calculated from the guys from brand finance um, from london and they uh-huh. have actually they have a, a close look on um, on the on the financial side, so you know, like stock market price, and oh. um, like okay, how many customers you're having, in what kind of industry are you in, and like um, to to explain brand equity easily, it's like um, if you want to sell your brand to somebody, how much would she she or he need to pay for that? Okay. And this is the, so that, the is easiest that simple? explanation. That's the
2: easiest explanation. What you think is, it's, it is worth to, to if a potential you get, buyer? Yeah. Okay.
0: My question always is okay if you, if you have fifty one billion so we can talk but you know this is like a ridiculous um, idea to say, you know somebody paying so much for a brand so but this is like um for example when your your brand is hurt and you got somebody who's using your brand and it there's damage to you and your business then you got a c- calculation let's say a calculation number where you say okay good well you been using my brand for t- two days in that in that fields which hurts me um or which costs about 10 million US or whatever. So I think this is well quite clear to explain what are we talking about. So brand value can cannot be activated in a P&L so it's just a like a, a financial number but it's quite interesting because um some of the some of the chaps calculating on it um um, really do do integrate the the client aspect and the customer satisfaction into it
2: so it's not just the sort of bricks and mortar it's not just the 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 equipment that you have the 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 customers the revenue it's also that intangible kind of stuff as well the abstract things like brand recognition brand loyalty brand trust those things are calculated in brand equity as well
0: Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. there's, you know, like different kinds of companies and they got different kinds of um, examination, like examples or examination methods, methodologies. And for that reason, it's like they're coming to different results. But, you know, like um, for that reason, we are comparing them with each other. So you have that brand finance guys. Then you got the brand C, which is from another company, which is called Kantar. And um, there we are at about 47 billion um, U.S., and it's always talking about the global approach of the brand. So we're talking about the brand in total. And in our case, it's the T brand. Right. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're, for example, in Germany, it's called Deutsche Telekom. In Holland, it's called T-Mobile. Yeah. In the US, it's T-Mobile as well. And for that reason, like it's the T brand all over the place. I
1: was wondering, uh, uh, Uli, talking about brand equity, did, did COVID-19 had a positive or negative impact on uh, on uh, the T brand?
0: That's interesting. Like um, the the results in January, um, they were quite high, and we were asking the same question. So, what was what was like the reasons for that? And the first one was that um, Sprint acquisition we had for our brand in the U.S. So we had a, mm-hmm. a, a huge acquisition of an entire company with millions of customers, and that like you know was a, a huge impact in value because um, the, the the contracts we are having with our customers are long term. So we are not like selling butter in the supermarket every single day to new clients. You know, we have contracts with our customers which go for a longer period. For that reason, you know this adds really heavily into your into your into the, the value of your brand. So that was the main thing. The second one was like we're having that new technology, which is called five g, which is like the the fastest connection you can have on on mobile. and um, we are a market leader in most of the countries where our footprint is. So this was the second reason. And the third one was that we were coping very successfully with the COVID crisis and were quite close to our customers and showed some um, activities, um, respect and help. And um, even the financial market, they uh, well, they recognized this and gave us an, another positive statement. And for that reason, we made a huge jump from, I think, well, well somewhere in the 30s to place 23, but which means like we are under the 25 biggest brands in the world, right behind Disney, and this is really something where you say, okay, good. well, Disney is really a monster. So yeah. right behind this is something
1: really... Did you also face any, any marketing challenges due, uh, during COVID?
0: Yeah, of course. We couldn't, we couldn't produce our ads anymore, so like the way we, we did before. So, you know, like when mm-hmm. you go for, 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 for film production, we did, we did some production in Kiev during the second lockdown, and we had some COVID cases on the set, so some light, uh, oh, lighting tunnel. people, they were... Um, we so we need to to, um, to to pull the entire production down and wait for two days and then getting into into the production again. So this was like a real a real issue. So production and you see you saw that in the first um in the first lockdown period very, very clearly that most of the brands they couldn't produce new material, were all producing at home, showing all every you know, all the telcos or everybody was showing families at home because this was the only opportunity to, to produce pictures. Right. So but now we well we cope with the situation, we are far better now. So you know, we have it under control. We can do testings and we have same safe environments for the actors and we still back into normal production, let's say.
1: Mm. Let's go back to the start of your career because now you are the brand boss of Deutsche Telekom, right? On a global mm-hmm. scale. When were you first interested in the concept of branding in, in your career? What was the first time it struck you, the power of a brand? Could, could mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, it was the moment in time when well, um, I um, um, I went to a corporate university um, which was um, founded from mercedes-benz in uh, back in the 70s late 70s so um we had that opportunity to like um to to have that corporate studies which meant that we were like being in 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 university and uh, in uh, during the same time having practical um experience or collecting practical experience inside the corporation and at the end of our our university time you know we had our we had our our um our internal managers and they were asking me, What do you like to do in the future? And I said, Well, I, I'm, I'd be interested in, in like branding and marketing stuff. And he, he was, he was, uh, yeah, he's, he thought, like well, You'd you be better as a salesman. So why are you uh-huh. not selling cars? And I said, No, 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 I'm far more interested in that marketing stuff. So is there an opportunity? And unfortunately, it was a, a real little a little unit of marketing people in Stuttgart that time working for Mercedes on a global scale. Mm-hmm. And um, I had the chance to get a like to get a a six month contract, um, working for fairs and exhibition. This was my first duty, so and it was for commercial vehicles, so it was not sexy at all. <laughs> like I felt to work for something bigger and like working for Mercedes in that time was really a, um, a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then I got, you know, step by step. It was mm-hmm. used transporters in the beginning, and it was new transporters. So I, I could lay my hands on the vetoes, And then um, it w- I went into trucks, so into the truck business. And so it was uh, getting a little bit bigger because, you know, the truck, this is more revenue, and it's like a um, different kind of, of business, very B2B orientated, very, very on an ROI um, orientated. and But it, it's got something which is like make a difference between Scania, DAF, and Mercedes as well, because you know, like Mercedes brand tries to shine in that field as well. And um, then I moved into into passenger cars, and this was like, okay, this is the Champions League field where you have to learn how how you work in with like that big amount of people and money and try to interact with them. So this was the the, the story how I went into that brand, and I was growing inside the organization. I can
2: I can hear Uli the excitement when you start talking about cars when you start talking about the automotive yeah. industry is that is that something you miss are you missing it
1: Mm-mm.
0: not at all because the times are over <laughs> it was I, I you know i had the i had the feeling to, to do something really meaningful and like being um built the best cars in the world but the times have changed so um i'm all I, well I, I i'm not over it i still uh, like riding cars but I, you know, I had the opportunity to, to go with the wildest and strongest okay. and biggest and nicest. So for that reason when you had that, it's, it, it's all over. So, so been, I think, there,
2: been there, done that.
0: <laughs> been there, done that. Yeah. But I'm still, I'm still in love. But I think it, it's, well, connectivity is far more interesting and far more terrific right now. How oh,
2: interesting. Now, and you said that working now for Deutsche Telekom as chief brand officer, I've got a quote from you. You said that's the dream of every marketer to do this job. Yeah. Why is that?
0: Well, it's because because you know it's the scale. So some some people, you know, they're into like digital advertising. Some do like okay, I want to have brand stuff. But um, treating or having uh, holding a, a fifty-one billion piece in your hand and being responsible for that is like okay, this is this is something really which which is like okay, makes you sweat.
1: It's a huge <laughs> responsibility, the, I reckon. It's a, yeah.
0: but on the other hand, you know, it's just work. So there's no magic behind it. It's like. Um, um so many people are shaping the brand every day so you got so many touch points with uh um, with uh, in, in interactions with the clients and customers around the globe and it's really interesting like to organize that kind of brand approach and you got kind of different weapons like there's the design section where you can discuss with the american guys about the t logo and then about the magenta color and where to use it where not and then we got that that um that claims, or where you are in, in you know where you go to, where you, where you, where you go to court and defend the brand. This is like very, very interesting because it's a global brand, and you got something which is really valuable in your hands. So for that reason, it's a dream. And on the other side, like um, creativity makes a difference in that in that business. So like being creative and and build something which is like as as um, an an unfair an unfair. Um, competition advantage you're having against against competition like this is something you can easily reach because uh, global brands do have money they do have impact they are meaningful for people and you like you can like create something which is meaningful for the people and this is something which is really tempting and really interesting to work for as a marketer
1: okay i would like to discuss a little bit more about brand equity the concept of brand equity and because you also mentioned some some previous really well known brands you worked for, like Mercedes and Volkswagen, for example, Daimler. And uh, what we see in, in uh, the latest research uh, is that the pandemic also seriously negatively impacted the value of some leading brands, like the automotive uh, industry, BMW. I, I think it, it went down by 18%. HMM uh, went down. Facebook went down. How can you mm. turn the tides as uh, a brand leader when uh, brand equity uh, diminishes?
0: I think we're talking about that special corona situation. And, yeah. um, and, and uh, well, fortunately, we had, that, we had put up that agile system, which helps us to react to the market and to the sentiment of the people quite immediately. So what we do, do uh, have in our hands is like we, are, we know the temperature of the people. We know their sentiment. We know how in what mood they are and what they, what they want like and so on. And we were quite quick in reacting to the marketplace. In terms of okay, accompanying the people, we gave out free, um, um, free free data volumes. We had lots of activities for schools, for for homes of the elderly, and so on. And
2: people recognized very pos- positively to this. Right. And we were very quick and very concentrated. You, so, so you so you use this. I just want to, so, so you use this time. You're actually giving something back. Send a positive message, keeping people connected in these difficult times. So something you made it. You made a conscious decision to do that, did you? We did. Our CEO wrote us a message and said, OK, I want to have all communicators
0: together because we have to do something in the marketplace because the people need us. So we were we were talking about okay how could uh, first reaction be like and then we were talking about free data volume we we're talking about um free software uh, for 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 corporates and we're talking about um, for better connection for the for homes of LDs and so on and we went into that into the first first lockdown in communication phase and that was Received very very positively. So wow. you can do something, and this is something the brand can do. And I think the truth is that just two th- two things happened. One thing was that digital connection was far more important than before. Yeah. So before it was just like you know, ah, having digital a good digital connection. and It depends on okay, if you got more money, you got a better one. If you got a little money, you got a a, a, a worse one. Or. Um,
2: mm-hmm
0: and um, which is not a, a connection, which is not so good. And everybody was directly going into high quality demand. So we were trying to save that the the, the networks were stable, fortunately. And the, the second thing was, we were trying, we were trying to be very empathetic and
2: very on eye level and very mm. helping. Like, and it was, yeah, it was very successful. Was that genuine? Or was that, you, oh, we've seen an, or was it really a, a marketing opportunity you saw? What was the motivation? Was it really to try and do your bit to to help people through the pandemic? Or was it, did you see it as a... There's a chance. Ah, it's like, it's always like
0: when you take over social responsibility, is it for marketing reasons or for purpose reasons? And um, I think that, well, that, that we have, um, I invite you to visit us in Bonn because we have, when you enter our, our headquarter building, there's like um, our 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 proposition and our purpose is written in stone in the wall. And our purpose is like to, we will not stop until everybody is connected. Oh. And so it's like it was against our purpose or our purpose came into, well, into life and in, or came to life in that weird situation. But it was it was like a guiding star in that very moment. And finally, well, of course, it was an excellent marketing tool, but we were not talking about marketing in that very moment.
1: Don't want to miss an episode of CMO Talk. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app or on cmotalk.global. Uh, Uli, in, in CMO talk, we always discuss several statements and um, yeah. here, here comes the first one for you. It, it, strong brands are more likable to others and automatically get more attention, obviously, right? So yeah. um, strong brands, you can say, are a business driver. This brings me to yeah. the first statement. Brand equity deserves a position on every company's balance sheet. Discuss. I'm <laughs> really curious. No,
0: um, no, it deserves a position in every CEO's mind.
1: Mm. And what, uh, please, please clarify.
0: Um, it's like, the, well, it depends on if you are a brand-orientated organization or not. In our case, everybody in the organization knows and accepts the value of brand, so if you go into that direction, you see that um, that marketing budgets are not seen as a cost center, but seen as an investment into your customers and marketplace, mm-hmm. which pays off at the end of the day. What you uh, what you perceive for that, what you receive for that, is like you don't you know, get a better position in the marketplace. You can achieve higher prices, and you're getting off fairly better. But still, so, it's equity,
1: right? It's it's something. It which is equity,
0: to, of course. It's
1: it's a worth. It's, yeah. yeah,
0: but it's like I think that you know. Um, it, it needs to be, um, you need to be, you need to have somebody at the top of the corporation who's really aware of the power of brands. Yeah. If you don't have that, if you have the finance guys who are just looking at the box, um, it will not come to life because you have to lift that inside the organization and the, 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 the people who, who organize or the people who manage the culture in that organization must um, tow, all toe into the right direction and all value the, 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 the value the value of brands. And how would you describe
1: the brand Deutsche Telekom? Then, to make it concrete,
0: um, the, well, it's it's a we brand. It's like connecting people, and it's like um, um, we believe we truly believe that um, if people are connected via our digital technologies and via our networks, um, then they cope, can cope every every problem, can uh, have, find a solution for everything which is in front of them, and we truly believe that. Um, we need to connect the people to uh, find answers to uh, the problems to
1: come. And how do and you and how do you prove yeah. that in advertising, for example, or in, in propositions?
0: In everything what we do. So it's like it, talking about well, talking about B two C. Um, you see it like um, in in the in, in, when we have our five G proposition, which says, okay, we have that five G technology. Um, um, in order to well, that nothing stands that nothing stands between us anymore. So it's like, you know, it's like we, we want to achieve a, a status where nothing stands between us anymore. And we have a direct connection to each other. And it's like connecting people in a way emotionally um, um, and in, in uh, as a matter of fact,
1: which is far better than um, any competitor could do in the marketplace. I would like to go to the relay question. Um, in the previous episode of CMO Talk, we interviewed... Um, yeah, someone you know, uh, actually, Philip Markman, and he's chief mm-hmm. marketing officer Northern Europe at L'Oreal Group. And he has not yeah. one, but he has two questions for you. Oh. The first one. So there's two things that came to my mind, which which I would be interested in personally. Uh, one is on the advocacy strategy. So for, for such a brand, how, how do they do it? How do they turn fans and, and real brand lovers into advocates for the brand? I think that's something that mm-hmm. I would be quite interested in and secondly also the strategic role that customer service plays for them in building the brand you know and how digital and tech is changing the way for them to build the best customer experience and and the part it it plays in the overall brand building strategy
0: okay well the second one is easy
1: okay let's go let's go to the first (laughs) start
0: (laughs) okay we start hard so (laughs) um well, uh, nice questions, uh, Philip. Thank you very much. So talking about um, turning uh, customers into fans um, or into, into advocates, it's like you have two dimensions. It's like satisfaction and it's, it's um, loyalty. And um, you try to maximize that. So um, there's a scientific uh, theory. It's called the Kano model. Mm-hmm. And it's quite easy. Well, you say you get something which is like um, um, the, the hygiene factors, which you have to bring in order. You know, there are some expectations where you don't talk about it, but you know, if it's not, if if, if you're not fulfilling it, people are getting very, very angry. In our case, for example, it's like if you have a network hole and you don't have any connection, people are like, you know. It's driving people nuts. For that reason, like this is a hygiene factor. Then you got the, what we call the Leistungsfaktor, and it's the performance factors you're having. Yeah. And performance factor is what you expect from people. And this is, there you can like rise in in customer satisfaction and loyalty. You know, if you got a good expression, a good impression of what you're buying, and if you got a nice car and it's going well, and it's never breaking down and stuff, then you got that like experience which makes it makes you happy. But then from time to time, you have to like to to delight people unexpectedly. If you do this, like you come into your field of, of experience, if you have a nice piece of advertising, if you do something special for them, if you have an interaction, like an, an, a question of how you feel me, how you feel like today, if you go into interaction with your people, you can turn your customers into fans and advocates. Do you have because, a, you know, yeah, they, yeah. they get more from you than expected. So Are I think this examples? is three yes, levels.
2: Yeah. Examples of the, the, the things that you do to, to keep people loyal. Um, um
0: well g- g- to keep people loyal is like you know interacting with the same kind of people but like like um
2: we to had in the friends, US basically.
0: in the US we had that magenta magenta friday it's no you know like um, every friday there was something special it's a cooperation with Adidas, so, you know, they get a 10% coupon off, a 10% price oh, okay. off on that one. Or you say, okay, good, well, in the next month, what we did with the corona crisis was, uh, we had that Disney, uh, uh, um, uh, Disney collaboration, and we said Disney Plus is now free for, for a month time of time um, with Magenta TV. So, you know, like, it's like that little kind of...
2: Yeah. Unexpected,
0: nice candies, little, nice little unexpected, unexpected, unexpected. random acts candy- of
1: kindness. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> so just um, delighting people and trying to make them your fan because you know mm-hmm. they're not just giving. You're not just like you're not there for them. It's like you're exceeding that. You're getting more.
1: Yeah, I, I'm really curious because you're you're you sound so. Uh, enthusiastic about about the T-Mobile brand right? of course one of the brands yeah. you you represent and you, you mentioned also the main color the the the, the most distinctive brand element magenta yeah. magenta magenta um, magenta, uh, magenta. Uh, uh, how do you how do you protect that color is it is it protectable uh, how do you make sure that the, the, the competition or other brands from other industries uh, use that uh, color in their advantage to cherry pick a little bit of your brand equity? Is that color protected?
0: The color is protected. It's a brand. How? It's like, it's saved like any other brand. There were some very intelligent and very good guys who did that, um, Twenty years ago, mm-hmm. wow. and they, they they saved that color. And it's like you know when when you are um, when you are, you are claiming the rights for, for a color, you have to um, to tell the the people who, who, who allow you to to protect it that you know, and you have to define which businesses you are in. Right. So, uh, you know, we cannot protect the, yeah. co- the the color magenta for every business, like candy <laughs> no. business, whatever. You know, it's like you cannot protect the color um, because it's not our business. But in all business-related areas, the color is protected. So wow. whenever you you would be using it, in terms of techo um, contracts and so on in in, in that kind of industry, um, I could sue you, and we always do because it's very valuable. <laughs> <laughs> and it's
2: like it's, it's, this is incredible to me that you can own a color. I mean, it's like it's it's part of the light spectrum. It's physics. It's, na- it's yes. part of the natural world, but you can own it. Hey, uh, Uli, we're going to move on to some uh, some dilemmas now. I'm just going to ask you a quick quick fire series of questions, and you just Cheat. I'm going to say. The, this or that? Which one do you choose? Which is your do you, is your preference, Good. and which one, or what do you think is most important? And I don't think too much. Just give me a quick answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, are you ready to choose, make your choices? Of course. Here we go. Brand equity or brand experience? Pick one. Equity. Oh, there's no surprise, really. Okay, data yeah. data driven or creativity driven data driven ah same, same as same uh, same as philip yeah loyalty or penetration yeah loyalty ah google or facebook google amazon or apple apple awareness or activation activation and one to many or one to oh, one ho one to one Ah. as a goal wow ah. very decisive very decisive I like that that's quick that bam so you, you chose um, for example you chose Apple over Amazon uh, yeah are you, are you an Apple advocate absolutely it's like. <laughs> and, and are <laughs> you an Amazon <laughs> hater? Do you do you not? Do you not? No, do no, no,
0: no. I'm a heavy user, but you know, if I if I think of okay, what would be the love brand in my case? It's Apple because yeah. um, I have the
2: creative experience and I do love the simplicity of it. Okay, and you talk about you 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 chose for data driven rather over creativity driven, but you've come from a creative background, haven't you? Uh, at yeah. agencies, but, yeah, that, uh, but, that, that but data, me, yeah. So, but data is still your
0: driver. Well, that data makes you better. So it's like um, we are having we we invented something which is like an agile collaboration process. And every Wednesday, we're looking at the data um, together, and we analyze the data, and we're trying to get better. So you know, having an ROI on what we're doing, and having like an anal- analysis of what the competition does, and so on. I think well, data really tr- gives you um, gives you hints to to get better and like to 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 perform better. Creativity makes the far better difference in the marketplace. So, you know, like um, coming to innovative uh, solutions and like um, looking, giving giving people like of one of these aspects, like that unexpected things, Not you know, like leaving the common ground, leaving the expected ground, be, being unexpected and delight them with something they didn't know before or they didn't see before is something which is like really, really hard to achieve with data. Sometimes you can use data for creative processes, but I think... Um, People's creative, uh, creative impact is, is um, something which really helps you in the marketplace to achieve that mm. um, advantage against the competition.
1: If I ask you, which is your number one metric, uh, marketing metric, which is most important yes. to you? What is it yeah. as a global brand officer of Deutsche Telekom? Like um,
0: give the people the feeling of being in safe hands. Like as a service brand, it's like, you know, this is a KPI which is really re- relevant because we want to give the people in, in all interactions the feeling that, that we are really caring, that they are in safe hands, that we really care and we are empathetic wise on eye level. So um, for that reason, I think this is the other in the service, in the service area, talking about a telco to give the people the feeling to be in safe hands. I think this is more important there. Um, and um, this is the master KPIs, but you know we are looking at a, at a at a battery of about 40 kpis every day talking about um awareness about um, recognition about um, first choices about um um how how do people interact with our contents and so on so i think there's lots of metrics you have to be aware of every
1: right. day right we'd like to move to um some some personal questions we prepared for you actually mm-hmm. adam yeah we'd like to know what keeps you awake
2: at night uli Competition.
1: we're not talking. And which kite, one? We're not which talking kite Surfing here, <laughs> are we? Which one no. specific? Do you have a, have a particular brand which which keeps you awake?
0: Well, we have. Well, we have some brand in Germany which uh, like um, makes me think. This it's the O2 brand um, mm-hmm. from Telefonica, because these guys are heavily investing into uh, into younger generations and and youth products, and that makes me think because. Um, we as Deutsche Telekom, especially in Germany, um, we need to be like uh, having a very, very broad appearance in the marketplace. You know, from from young to old, from from rich to yeah. poor. I'm following all these brands, and these guys sometimes they keep me um, awake at night because they got some creative solutions, and they are um, successfully approaching younger target groups. For that reason, I'm not that um, I'm not into that Vodafone game. I'm more into that O2 into o two game and look at what they these guys are doing and it's like friends of mine we we know each other, and it's like a very a, a, a friendly competition and um i I do enjoy that
2: <laughs> but with so with so many brands and so many countries that you're responsible for personally how how can you keep yourself focused market research yeah you know yeah, yeah, we're getting that information every month, so we, you
0: know from all brands from all countries. So you always have the impression, like okay, being like in, into the game. So this is not a problem. But as a as a brand guy, you have to like um, make up your mind and think about the next step what the brand can do. And where you, you're going to lead it to. And for that reason, um, I think it's it's like, um, yeah, it's far more. The interesting situation we are in right now is we are approaching the time, the post-pandemic time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to think about, OK, right now we have to be really empathetic and be very close to the customers and be at their sides because there are many people suffering from the pandemic. But it's very interesting to get exactly that turning point when we're getting into something which is like, Funny, euphoric, when we, when we see, you know, when, when there will be an overreaction, when everything is open again, everybody is vaccinated and so.
1: Nice. O- only in the next episode of CMO Talk, we talk to Nikki Klaas and she's chief commercial officer. Uh, previously, she was CMO actually at uh, Domino's Pizza. Uh, yeah. Do you have a question uh, for her? Um,
0: um, poh, pizza is really not my business. You don't so, like pizza? I would,
2: I, Who doesn't like pizza?
0: Well, I do like pizza, well, but I do... Yeah, we well, do I'm like not pizza. especially a, into an, Domino's pizza. An, an because interesting... <laughs> I, an inf- I do not know if I ever had one. I don't believe so. <laughs> in- However, yeah. yeah, I would... Well, I would I would ask her if she would be so brave to have a molded and rotten pizza on her head. Wow. This would be, that would be the first one. Yep. Yep. Interesting. And the... The second one is, when can, I pee, when can I eat my pizza box? So when is the day coming yeah. that I can eat the pizza box as a
2: dessert? That's wow. great. That's, That's a question. Question. That would be great, the great, great question. These are great questions.
1: <laughs> we should have you on brilliant. the show. That is brilliant. <laughs> and, and thanks, yeah. really for your time to be here with us. Uh, and for all the listeners, uh, thank you for listening to CMO Talk. Don't want to miss any
2: episodes of CMO Talk? Then subscribe to CMO Talk on your favorite podcast channel
1: or find our newsletter at cmotalk.global. We sure hope you will join us next month when we'll be talking to Nikki Class, Chief Commercial Officer at Domino's. Questions or suggestions? Please email Klaas at cmotalk.global. Listening, please visit cmotalk.global for more interviews. The CMO Talk podcast is developed and directed by Energize. Audio, mixing, and mastering by voicebooking.